Welcome back to middle school. It's a zoo out there, so just be cool. Don't speak too loud, try to fit in. But if you don't, then you can be in. everyone and welcome to the outfit repeaters an unofficial lizzie mcguire recap podcast i'm your host marissa Cantor, and with me as always is sam chung hello everybody marissa i'm ready to be done with season one i think <laughs> today's episode took a real nosedive yeah it's we're really just kind of like crawling to the finish here <laughs> like in sports, they say to finish strong, and we are doing the exact opposite of that. In all fairness, everything is very out of order. Yeah, you found the production order earlier today. Is that correct? I did, because this episode just felt like it was supposed to be earlier, right? That's what I said when I was watching it. It just, so many things happened that I felt like had been addressed earlier, but it sounded like they, they were talking about them as if they were things that would happen in the future, so... The timeline, once again, did not make a lot of sense to me. It doesn't. It straight up does not. So here is my journey. It's an exciting one. So every week, I look up the episode description that I will read to you every episode. But there's also a Lizzie McGuire fandom wiki. And this week, I clicked into that wiki And it always has some trivia facts about each episode, but they're less trivia facts and more just like plot holes or like inconsistencies or just like random things that someone noticed in the episode. Things like in the hallway scene with Lizzie and Miranda, just prior to the screening of Gordo's video, Miranda is wearing a different necklace from the one seen during and after the screening. So someone's just really paying attention to all the little things that are out of place in every episode. I mean, they're looking at the outfits. We can't fault them for that. No, and the first fact on this is, so this episode aired on January 1st, 2002. We have a a New Year's episode. I think that's bold, airing a new episode of a show on New Year's Day. And then, so the first fact under this wiki page is that the filming dates for this episode took place from January 15th to January 18th, 2001. So this episode was filmed a full year before it aired, which made me go, huh, maybe our theory holds true, which took me into another deep dive until I eventually found a blog post that lists every episode of Lizzie McGuire in the correct viewing order and by correct by production order and not by air date. Yeah, definitely New Year's Day is a choice. I don't know that I would personally recommend that <laughs> as uh, as a program scheduler, but, you know, maybe in 2002, the things were different. I have no idea. Yeah, it's 2002 now, baby. Yeah, and you can tell it's 2002 because they fully leaned into, like, the Patriot Act of this whole thing in this episode. <laughs> Oh my God. They're like, privacy? What is that? We don't care about privacy. But that's not even true to say because this was fully fu- filmed a year prior to it airing. That's true. But yeah, do you want me to tell you a little bit of what's been out of place for what we have watched so far? Sure. Basically the entire season. <laughs> for the most part, it feels like they just flipped an episode or two. It's not too crazy like we know that pool party which was the fourth episode should have been the pilot so what is specifically interesting with this episode episode 130 gordo's video is that in the production order this was the 17th episode so this should have come like right after the midpoint totally yeah i felt watching this like this video should have come before the stan jansen episode which is a pretty similar plot. It's very much like making a documentary about 
don't know, being in middle school, but I felt like the resolution of that episode was that Gordo was very disillusioned with that whole concept. So the fact that in this episode he wanted to do that again was very confusing to me. Right. And the reality is that the Untitled Stan Jensen project was episode 128 in the production order. So it should have been after. It should have been after. And like you said, it would have made so much more sense if it was after. Maybe they thought it was too many Gordo episodes in a row because we're looking at a real Gordo-heavy end of season one here because what should have happened is... Courtship of Miranda should have happened, episode 125. Facts of Life, Scarlet Larry, and then Untitled Stan Jansen, Gordo and the Dwarves, Gordo's Bar Mitzvah. And then it's supposed to end on the sapphic dream that is Lizzie and Kate's excellent adventure. Yeah, but it already is a couple Gordo episodes in a row, right? Because this is a Gordo episode, and we already have the Bar Mitzvah. Coming next. Coming next, so I don't really know. I don't know that... But they had to slide Miranda's love life in before that. You can't have three in a row. So that's just something to note. Season two does not look any better. Fun fact, if anything, it looks worse. Well, I I don't want any spoilers. Okay, just looking ahead. And we're not going to get to season two for a while because we have some... Bonus. Some mid-season tangents to go on. (laughs) That's true. Random things that we found, random things that we want to talk about that are like adjacent to the Lizzie McGuire world that are very important. I think you are more excited to go on these tangents than you are to continue the show. I'm I'm like, should we tease them now or should they be surprises like after next week? I think they should be surprises. Okay, we'll save it for for next time. But I'm fairly confident that the first one we do, no one will see coming. So... Let's dive in. We have a lot to say about this episode. So let's get to it. It's episode 130, Gordo's video. In this episode, Gordo captures embarrassing footage of his fellow students on hidden cameras, and Matt wants to be a daredevil. And as I already mentioned, this episode aired on January 1st, 2002. Happy New Year. Fine, squash my dreams. (laughs) That was maybe my favorite clip of the episode and I feel like it's something that I want to say now just in my life every time something you know like a hindrance to something (laughs) a hindrance to something that I want happens I wish that they weren't playing like they had the um the leaf blower going throughout that entire scene because Matt's trying to like I don't know if he thinks that he'll actually fly or if it's just aesthetic but it's on the whole time and I wish it wasn't I know it really um distracts in the clip fine squash my dreams <laughs> it's almost like having a conversation with the vacuum on yeah <laughs> in practice yeah so yeah this episode i just don't even know because it's again like we've already talked about all of these things yeah in we, many ways we have i did not like this episode i think that i'll just get that off <laughs> get that off my chest right now and It's just because it's so creepy, and ultimately, like, yeah, Gordo's right. It's so hypocritical of Miranda to, like, (laughs) because she's she's one of the people, arguably, who enjoys it the most when it happens to other people, and then when it happens to her, she's like, how could you do this to me? Yeah, but, like, Gordo is pretty terrible for even, you know, doing this in the first place. Yeah, that too. And then it's like... Also, I feel like we're speaking in, like... We're speaking vaguely right now. Um, Gordo is secretly recording his fellow students without their consent in, you know, public places, but sometimes in creepy places. Like he has footage from inside a locker room at one point. It's really invasive. It's really inappropriate. And it's not okay. Yeah. So it looks like I may be a juror on this year's this year being 2020, this year's Asian American International Film Festival. And I can say with very much confidence that this film was not (laughs) 
an award-winning film. <laughs> that's not that's not a worthy festival entry. Yeah, Gordo wants to make movies, but his idea of movies is always just like it's like the montage effect of this show, right? Like he doesn't make movies, he makes montages with voiceovers and they don't have a plot. They just have like I guess a message. You know it was crazy? What? He was able to blur faces and pitch shift their voices. How did he do that? Says Miranda. How? <laughs> How? How could you do that? Although he didn't really do the best job. Like, you could totally still tell who everyone was. Well, yeah. And you'd, you've got to think that, like, the people at this school um, have to know, like, who each of the people speaking are just based on the clothes. Like, yeah. there was the one girl who was, like, picking a wedgie or whatever, but it was in the most obvious, like, <laughs> power suit. <laughs> like, how many people have a suit like that? Yeah, and, I mean, Kate and Claire also have a very, um, you know, distinguished aesthetic, a very particular look that some pitch shifting cannot hide. But, yeah, it was icky. It did not make me feel good watching it. So the thesis of the film, right, is, like, a lot of the people in the school are being fake. And there's really only one example of that, I feel, like on a real level, and that's the Kate and Claire stuff. But then it's like intercut with like a girl burping and like the girl picking her wedgie. And it's like, that's not being fake. That's just like something that happened. I guess you could also say the football player who has a lucky stuffed animal. I don't think that that's even fake because it's like something that I feel like a lot of athletes have like superstitions, you know? Yeah. It's just it's just like Gordo isn't a part of the circle, yeah. so he just wouldn't know about it. That's it wasn't necessarily fair. like a secret. Yeah, Gordo loves to make assumptions about, like, Gordo likes to call people out, but he is the most judgmental person, like, in the show. Yeah, and Gordo assumes that, like, if he doesn't know something, it's not common knowledge. Wow, that was a little bit of pot calling the kettle right there. <laughs> and this is why... Sam relates to Gordo. <laughs> Except I do I do know everything. <laughs> yeah. So. so yeah, that's the overview. We're not feeling great, but let's what, get into the play-by-play. Sure. Okay. So the episode opens with them at lunch, and it's very gross. Um, some sort of surprise goulash. And Gordo is following Lizzie and Miranda around sort of recording them and narrating the school dynamics throughout this opening about how, you know, you don't sit with the popular kids. And sure, you could sit with the jocks if you like your limbs broken, uh, but also don't sit with the losers. And it's like, Gordo, where do you fit into this? So right off the bat, Lizzie McGuire says it looks like another potato chips and cake day, which I feel. I feel like I did that a couple times as well. Just when like, you know, you're not really feeling your lunch, but you are feeling some junk food. So been there. Relate to that. Gordo's assessment of all the clicks is a little bit worrying. Like, for example, if you think that you're going to get assaulted by sitting with the jocks, then that feels like a bigger problem than you have to accept like you shouldn't have to accept that life <laughs> like that's a serious issue yeah and then they sit down and are just sort of like commiserating about how terrible lunch is Gordo says of course lunch is horrible nobody said middle school would be easy to which Lizzie <laughs> replies try telling that to Kate who walks by in this you know like super pink outfit you obviously don't know what it's like to be popular she doesn't. And then, you know, Gordo's response to that is, you know, a little gross. He says, how many times do I have to tell you? One day Kate's life will be meaningless and miserable. What a dirk. <laughs> <laughs> like. <sighs> That's really mean. That is really mean. And it's like very uncalled for. I don't think that Kate or Claire were particularly rude in this episode, I felt, there was one scene later where they come up to Gordo so aggressively, but the, <laughs> they, they like really walk nice. up, they're all intimidating. They're like, I hope you do a really great job. And they walk away. <laughs> yeah, I think that, you know, if we're talking about reality TV, Kate 
just has a really bad edit. She does. And it's really unfair. And like I said, in an alternate universe, I believe that Kate Sanders is the hero. Yeah, I mean, it's all a matter of perspective. So then we cut to the theme song. And when we return, we are still at school. They're in the hallway and Gordo is just like, oh, where's my camera? I must have left it in the cafeteria. So he, you know, rushes back to grab it um, before it ends up in, you know, the next day's lunch. Yeah, that's very, that's also very concerning. For example, Miranda says that one time she lost a bracelet and then found it in her mac and cheese the next day. It was in Lizzie's mac and cheese the next day. Oh, it was in, yes, correct. It was in Lizzie's mac and cheese. Like, that's very concerning. Like, the fact that they're wiping down tables and then putting whatever residue <laughs> into the next day's food, that's a health hazard. That is some sort of, yeah, health code violation. <laughs> and, you know, I've been listening to the Michelle Obama podcast, and Michelle Obama would have some words. It's not that hard to not do that. <laughs> <laughs> like, the fact that that happened is, it, it's a conscious decision. I think I that <laughs> is just such a clear indication that in the time of Rona, the school would not be safe to reopen. Oh, no. <laughs> not at all. But yeah, when they get back, or when Gordo gets back, he realizes that the camera had been on the whole time and was recording. And you'll never guess what was recording a, you know, perfectly framed shot of Kate and Claire where Kate is revealing a pretty personal detail of her life, secret, if you will, in public in the middle of the school day where other people are around to potentially, like, what was Kate thinking, first of all? I also have another gripe, and it's <laughs> it's a logistical gripe and a gripe that, you know, would never be addressed, but... If Gordo left his camera on in the middle of the cafeteria, there's no way he'd get clean audio. Oh, true. <laughs> like, the fact that their conversation is so, like, crystal clear and isolated, they would have to be literally the only people in the cafeteria <laughs> to actually get audio that's usable. That's a, that is a consistent flaw, right? Because, you know, when we get the montage later of Gordo hiding all the cameras, one of them is he hides it, the camera is looking through the window but the camera is outside but he doesn't end up using any audio from that clip it's kind of just like b-roll over the miranda voiceover so you can forgive it but it's like i don't know what the goal would have been like first of all he sets it up so it's looking at like the landing on the stairs so it's like what are you expecting to see in that very spot like what are you anticipating to happen the wedgie on the stairs you can't anticipate someone having a wedgie right I there i know I feel like that's not a spot that people would just be. Right. Anyways, though, we can talk about this more when we get to that montage. But back to Kate. She has a secret. And her secret is that she is a year older than everybody else. I just have so many questions. What'd she do? Fail nap time? I know. Lizzie is such a dirk. <laughs> and then Miranda tells Gordo that this is clearly his Oscar winner. That's a stretch. Yeah. Yeah, Kate is actually 14, and if that got out, her entire image would be totally ruined. I know. She has to keep this very close to her chest. She can't let anybody find out about this because then it will ruin all of her credibility. It's politics. <laughs> Did you expect that? No. <laughs> But if she needed to keep it close to her chest, again, why is she revealing this information in a public forum? Well, maybe it's the logic that in such a loud and distracting environment, no one will be paying attention to her or overhear her. But Gordo's camera did. But Gordo has the most shotgunnest of shotgun mics, <laughs> apparently. Except he doesn't. He's got like a tiny DVR camera that's recording onto like tape. I know. Yeah, Lizzie and Miranda's reactions are mean, bullying, dare I say. Mm -hmm. And it's like, who knows why Kate stayed back? Like, maybe she has a learning disability. Like, there was obviously some sort of, or some sort of, like, developmental, like, the fact that this is treated as something to be mocked is just really hard to watch. Yeah, and me. then the takeaway for Gordo, as we've mentioned, is that he needs to hide more cameras Yes, to find more information. 
Correct. Because he says, I can't believe it. I finally get something good and it's totally on accident. Mine, 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 mine. He thinks he should do more hidden camera work. It has a lot of potential. Now, as we already sort of mentioned, this is extremely inconsistent with his takeaways from, you know, working under the one and only Stan Jensen. Amazing videographer, documentarian, Stan Jensen. So, yeah, it's just his his logic is confusing here. Yeah, because like I said, his takeaway seemed to be that he was disillusioned with that. He didn't like what Stan Jansen had made him become. Right. But how quickly he forgets. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I talk about, and we talk about all the time, about how these episodes feel so each in their own world and isolated from like a larger linear narrative. But I think it really is partly because of this issue with the episodes airing out of production order. I think it would be really interesting to watch them in production order and see if there is a more like linear story. Yeah, and it's weird because there was really no need to take them out of the production order as far as I can tell. Like sometimes we will take things out of production order, but it's the kind of shows that have like two stories within a half an hour and so we'll repair them so that, you know, the pairs will make more sense with each other. But there's, I just, I just don't understand why they would do that here. Yeah, I don't get it. It's really confusing. I want a story. I want an I want an arc and I'm not getting it. <laughs> it's stressing me out. And you will not. And I will not unless I piece it together on my own. <laughs> yes. There is the setup for Gordo getting creepy. But first, hashtag but first. Please don't. We <laughs> I don't need that. <laughs> <laughs> we cut to the McGuire house because of course we have a Matt story and he enters the kitchen wrapped in pillows and he's wearing a football helmet and he says hey dad will you run me over with the car he's ready for it and Sam who is like half listening I think because he's reading the newspaper is like sure and Joe is like no Matt says mom chill it's for school I don't even know what that means, but I gotta get back to school. (laughs) And then as Matt is explaining to Joe, you know, what is happening, we get that lovely mom, 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 mom. Mom, 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 mom. I like that it gets faster at the end. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's got a good rhythm to it. Have you ever heard of career day? Now, you know, in my experience, career day (laughs) <laughs> i know what you're gonna say it's about the parents <laughs> yeah it's about people it's like adults coming in and talking about their careers but you know as sam and joe mcguire do not have careers yeah they can't do that matt really has to take this into his own hands yeah so apparently this is students aspirationally talking about what they want their careers to be and matt wants his career to be a stuntman i mean Sam McGuire seems to know agents. He seems to know how to get representation. So this seems to be something that Matt could do if that is what he wanted to. Yeah, Sam's kind of on board with it until he gets, you know, a a withering look from Joe and he kind of backpedals. Joe says, why can't you be a doctor or a lawyer? (laughs) Uh, Joe, speaking like an Asian parent, gotta love it. I can say that. (laughs) (laughs) i also liked joe's line where she says what kind of career insurance fraud (laughs) (laughs) joe had some good lines in this episode yeah and matt says because that takes years of schooling i can be a stuntman right now makes sense to me yeah so matt is a stuntman and we cut to our montage of the episode gotta have one montage and It is a montage of Gordo hiding cameras throughout the school. Not not only is this creepy, he hides them in the stupidest places. So he hides one, as we mentioned, outside in a tree looking through a window at the stairs. He hides one in a full trash can that seems like it's going to be emptied in like five minutes. (laughs) So I guess we can chalk that camera up as a, a loss. 
it gets a little bit better. He hides one in the library. He hides one side. He hides one inside bread. (laughs) Like Uh, a loaf of sourdough. Like no one's going to uh, touch the bread or notice that it has a weird hole in it. (laughs) And then he hides one like inside the trophy case. How did Gordo get so many cameras? Bar mitzvah money. He didn't have his bar mitzvah yet. (laughs) Does it matter? Or did he? Or did he? (laughs) You know, in production order, he did not. That is true. But, you know, time doesn't exist. Or did it already happen in the Twilight Zone? (laughs) So after this montage, we cut to the McGuire house where Lizzie, Gordo, and Miranda are watching the footage that Gordo got throughout the day. Some of this footage includes a girl who we already mentioned who was kind of like picking out a massive wedgie, um, a boy in the library picking his nose. Super sketchy, but Gordo plants one in the boy's locker room. Yeah, we didn't see him doing that. We didn't see him doing that. We just see the footage and like, Gordo... You know, this whole concept of, you know, recording people without their consent is morally ambiguous and questionable and, like, not anything that, like, Disney Channel should be condoning. You know, it's, like, a weird, it's a weird message, right? Yes, Um, it's a very weird message. But, like, you can sort of think, okay, you know, he's putting the cameras in public spaces, but, like... That all goes out the window when we see this locker room footage. It's like, okay, Gordo, you are a predator. Yeah, and I mentioned the Patriot Act a little bit before. It's like in an environment where the Patriot Act caused so much, like it just came across as such like uh, an infringement on people's civil liberties. It's like, why would you even air go this there? episode? Yeah, yeah, because even like you said, even if this wasn't filmed in a Patriot Act world, it's now airing in one. And you kind of like, you, you would think that that would cross someone's mind because, yeah, this is more surveillance than anything else. Totally. Ugh, I'm frowning. I have frown lines on my forehead right now. Yeah. Confirmed. I mean, you don't really have any lines on your forehead right now, but you are frowning. <laughs> <laughs> are you in, trying very hard? In 20 years, I will have frown lines on my forehead. From this moment. From this moment. <laughs> Because as my friends told me yesterday, I still look like a 17-year-old child. Unrelated. But yeah, so Gordo says, if other people saw this, they'd know what he has always known. That even the most popular kids have stuff to be embarrassed about. Like bodily functions. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I guess that's really like the gist of it. And Lizzie says, you've got to find a way to get everyone to see this. Oh, no. Oh, no, 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 no. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no, no, no. (laughs) (laughs) Was that from this episode? No. (laughs) I don't know what episode that was, but that's just how I feel right now, Lizzie. (laughs) So, yeah, this is very upsetting. I agree. I also feel like that. Then we cut back to Matt, and we get the most, like, what scene, Yeah, I think, of any of any B story. It just made no sense. Yeah, so he, he gets a ladder, he sets it up, and then he starts climbing it, holding an umbrella. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, is his career Mary Poppins? Like, what yeah. does he want to do? Because I was like, wait. And Sam, you know, catches him in the act, and is kind of like, nope, nope, not doing that. Like, get get down. And he's like, I will with the umbrella. And Sam's like, no, you will with the ladder. And that's the point where I'm like, wait, was he going to, like, jump off the roof? He absolutely was, because then he asks Matt, sorry, then Matt asks Sam, uh, what about a parachute made out of sheets? But then apparently Sam has tried this before <laughs> because he knows that that'll just get wrapped around his face. Like father, like son. Little does Matt know that in a mere 18 years from now, David Blaine is going to fly across the desert just holding on to a bunch of balloons. Did you see that? No. David Blaine like flew across the air holding on to a bunch of balloons for an hour. Recently? <laughs> yeah, like a week ago. <laughs> <I know>. <laughs> <laughs> That's what Matt wants. 
he came on Jimmy Fallon to talk about it, and he said that he just wanted people to remember the image of a guy just holding on to a bunch of balloons and flying away. <laughs> I'm going to look that up after this. You don't need to watch the full video because it is like he no, live streamed it on YouTube. I just want to see the image. Of him flying on a bunch of balloons. Yeah, it's, it's actually, it's a pretty, it's pretty cool what he did but it's like i feel like it definitely involves more preparation than what matt did yeah matt someone needs to tell matt the thing you like causes you pain (laughs) yeah some aversion therapy yeah this will hurt him and it will hurt somebody in this episode but But never never the intended but anyways we cut back to school and guess what what there is a way for everyone to potentially see this because there is going to be a district-wide student film competition. Oh, boy. And that's where Gordo can show his film. Yes, this is where he can show the ultimate real-life documentary <laughs> about middle school that we definitely haven't seen already, Stan Jansen. <laughs> so out of order! <laughs> and then, so the scene changes, and we're still at school, and it's lunch, and Miranda just is having a really bad day. You're going to have a really bad day. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I clipped this from it. Move it! (laughs) But that's just the tip of the iceberg if we want to play the whole clip. Yeah, so the scene starts with Miranda fully walking into another person, (laughs) dropping her lunch, and then... Move it! She doesn't drop her lunch. She she makes the other person drop their lunch. Oh, Miranda even worse. Miranda doesn't have her lunch. That's part of the reason why right. she's upset. Of course. Yeah. Move it. Where's your lunch? To have lunch, you need money, which I left in my backpack, which I left on the bus this morning, along with my third period book report, my clean gym clothes, someone put gum on my locker, and to top it all off, I just found out that Larry Tesman uses my picture as a screensaver on his computer. Well, want some of my french fries? Why don't they just stop a big sign on this school that says loser farm and be done with it? You're having a really bad day, but school isn't that bad. You're right. It's not that bad. It's terrible. I mean, everyone looks up to the jocks and the cheerleaders. We're a bunch of stuck-up jerks. We're going to end up working at the drive-thru at Burger Buddy. Okay. Vent. It's this whole place. It's the way that people say one thing to your face and another behind your back. I like how Miranda shows up with no lunch and Lizzie is so accusatory. She's like, where's your lunch? (laughs) Just like (laughs) the progression of this scene is just a series of unrelated events that lead to that like concluding statement. But like none of that happened. Like what, what, like what is leading Miranda to this profound statement? Gordo needs it for his documentary. Yeah. Um, and l- lucky for Gordo, he had set up a camera right outside the table. Yeah, lucky for him, right in the bush. And it's weird, right? Because Gordo is like, so he he walks over there. He's trying to be like very sneaky. Like he doesn't want anybody to know that he had hidden the camera. But then when he gets the camera, he has this face like he knows what he got. Yeah, but then he later claims that he did not. Who do we believe? I don't know. Hmm. Who do I believe between my own eyes and what Gordo said? <laughs> yeah. I feel like I'm more likely to believe my own eyes. Yeah, who do you trust? The writers or your own intuition? <laughs> my my own intuition, I would say. Yeah, so then it looks like we cut back to the B story. Is this another montage that I have written down? Yes. I guess it's not it's like it's, a it's just a it's a series of scenes, maybe not like a montage, but it's montage E. But yeah, basically it's a series of Matt trying to accomplish his stuntman dreams and Sam telling him no. Yeah, don't use your mother's pantyhose for bungee jumping, no ring of fire. And then after so many no's, Matt just snaps. You won't let me do anything. (laughs) Yeah, as he's using a leaf blower as a jetpack. Fine, squash my dreams. Yeah, 
he's going to come up with something else. Yeah, which isn't that different. No, it's not. It's adjacent. <laughs> yeah. So then we are back on Lizzie's couch viewing the day's recordings. And, you know, Miranda does not like it so much when she is the one being secretly recorded. Mm, yes. How the turntables. Yeah. Suddenly it's all <laughs> who died and made you big brother anyway. And then Gordo points out, you're happy to watch it when it was other people. That is true. Right. But it doesn't, you know, absolve Gordo from, you know, doing it. That is also true. And then Miranda just bursts out, unlike you, some of us care what other people think. But I think we've talked about before how we don't know whether Gordo cares about what other people think or not. I think he does. I think he does too. If we go all the way back to picture day. Yeah. And now suddenly Lizzie finds herself in the middle of her two best friends who, you know, are, quote, declaring war on each other. Mm -hmm. Because at the end of the day, everything is always about Lizzie and her position in this. I know. And she has to tread very carefully because. Mm -hmm. It's politics. It is politics. Then we're at the Digital Bean. Lizzie is being, you know, sort of like over complimentary to Miranda Everything looks great. You look great. But she has something to tell Miranda. And Miranda should probably sit down for it. Lizzie, look at me. I am sitting down. <laughs> and the news is that, guess what, guys? Gordo is one of the finalists in the film competition. Literally how? <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> this film has no plot. This film has <laughs> no characters. This film has no structure. And Miranda's like, well, how do I, like, what happened? How do I look? And Lizzie hasn't seen it yet. And Miranda is very concerned that now everyone is going to see her ragging on the school. Yeah, I'm confused. Is she concerned about, like, the principal and, like, administration hearing her say something bad about the school? Like, that was such a weird take. You would think that it would be, like... She would be more concerned about the things that she had said about her peers. Yeah. But she makes it sound like she's just very upset that she has no school spirit. I don't know. But it's not just the school that's going to see it. It's the whole district because they are showing the final three films at the big assembly. The big assembly. We're going to talk about that big assembly. Yeah. Why would the big assembly just be in a random classroom? In like the (laughs) AV room. (laughs) It's such a big assembly, guys. And Miranda says, I'm dead. I'm the late Miranda Sanchez. I thought that was a good line. Mm, Yep. But yeah, so then we quickly cut back to Matt. And he is in the kitchen smashing like hard candy with a hammer. Yeah, he's cooking. He's cooking. And you know, Sam and Joe are okay with this route, right? Like they think he's going to be a chef now. Yeah, although... Clearly, he's not trying to be like a chef chef, right? Like when you see someone and the only thing on their workstation is just different types of candy, you know that like this isn't like cooking, cooking. You're like, what can possibly become? What can possibly be made out of this? He's a chef. Okay. He's a chef. Back at school, Lizzie now approaches Gordo and asks if there is any way he can cut Miranda's part, to which Gordo says no. No, no, no. The stuff with Miranda sort of ties it all together. Yeah. Gordo's not going to get rid of any of his footage. Mine, 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 mine. Even if it's pulling Lizzie apart. You're tearing me apart, Lisa. Wow, way to steal my line. I said that yesterday. Sorry, you can say it now. No, it's okay. And then we get an Ethan Kraft appearance. I have a lot of exclamation points next to his name in my notes. Now you can go out with Ethan Kraft. He heard about Gordo's movie and asks, you know, where is it playing? It's, you know, a silly but endearing moment um, because Ethan seems to think that Gordo made this, like, big budget, like, theatrical movie. Yeah, he says, what does he say? He's like, I for, I didn't write it down. Gordo says something sarcastic about the budget being $35 million or something like that. Mm-hmm. And Ethan just doesn't understand the sarcasm. Yeah, I said dumb but endearing moment. I think that sums up Ethan Craft in a nutshell. Yeah, that that about covers it. And then this is the moment where Kate and Claire just like come in so hot. <laughs> March right on up to Gordo. And then they ask if they're going to be in the movie. And I'm like, so they're okay with being 
filmed without their consent. Like they're just they just seem to be excited to see like what role they play in this movie about middle school. Yeah, I mean, I guess if we if we do look back to the Stan Jansen episode, these kids don't care about privacy. <laughs> they just care about being crazy on camera. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, and like if if Gordo were to get their consent, they would have started acting like animals. Animals. They would have started acting crazy. Yeah. Something that Gordo has also done. Yes. <laughs> so Gordo exits the scene and Miranda enters. She's still freaking out. And Lizzie says, you know, like, maybe we should see it before. We don't know what Gordo did. Let's give him the benefit of the doubt and see it before we make up our minds. Uh, Miranda accuses Lizzie of picking a side and says that she should pick a side, but it should be, you know, Miranda's side. I yeah. think in the, you know, Gordo versus Miranda of it all, I think that Lizzie is always inclined to sway toward Gordo. I mean, it's obvious why Gordo is doing this, right? Like, it's so Miranda will pay attention to him. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Like, this is terrible flirting 101, you know? <laughs> you don't really know how to go about expressing your feelings, but you know that you want the other person to, like, pay attention to what you do. So you just do something obnoxious so that you stay front of mind of from uh like front of mind for that other person. Yeah, it's a choice, but it's effective. Yeah, you know, it's working. Gordo Gordo knows what he's doing. <laughs> <laughs> so then we cut back to Matt. You know, we get what ultimately ends up being the conclusion of this story. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I didn't know that this was going to be the last scene. I thought there was going to be another scene and this was just the soapbox race scene over, like, <laughs> like it was exactly the same. It's the same thing. <laughs> you sound annoyed. Yeah, because why would you just do that same thing again? I don't know. Like, I got nothing out of this yeah. that I haven't gotten elsewhere in this season. Yep, in the backyard, Matt has set up a mile of death ultimate torture track. Yeah, it's like 200 feet. <laughs> it looks like he took wood off the side of the house to build this yeah that's mildly concerning but you know this house is full of secrets apparently there's a whole space underneath you can take panels off the sides yeah and apparently we read that lizzie's bedroom changes yeah <laughs> so it's gonna you know. get bigger yeah it, it it expands and contracts but yeah he wasn't being a chef silly us he was making the fake glass to crash through. Uh, yes, fake glass. Um, because Matt's not going to be a stuntman. He's going to be a daredevil, which is kind of like a... A daredevil is just a stuntman that is like the leading person. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, a daredevil is like a less... It's like a stuntman without structure. I was going to say a daredevil is just like a star stuntman. Yeah. Yeah. So he just made his role bigger. Yeah. He wants to be like evil Knievel. Yeah. Like you are now the act. You are not being the body for mm -hmm. someone else. Yeah. It's now all about People you. know you. You're not just acting as a proxy. Yeah. Matt doesn't want anonymity. He wants to be a star. Yeah. <laughs> Matt knows. I'm the best! <laughs> uh, Joe starts like really screaming for Sam to come out. Come out here now. <laughs> Um, Sam is busy. He's ironing his pants. And he's ironing his pants without pants on. <laughs> yeah. He, he was specifically ironing the pants that he needed to then put on his body. Yeah. To which he, he, he you know, comes out in the process of putting on his pants. We get some boxer action from... Oh, scandalous. <laughs> from Sam. And same situation as the soapbox. He falls onto the skateboard that's at the top of the track, runs the track, and instead of, you know, there's like a kiddie pool at the end, instead of, you know, just falling into the kiddie pool, he has so much momentum that he flies over it and like through the fence. Yes. And he has the best, um, I don't know how to describe <laughs> what I'm doing. Now I'm like, should I describe what he does or what you're doing? <laughs> that's what he did. Basically, he just collapses off the skateboard. Yeah. He seems to have hit his head pretty hard, although it's a pretty flimsy fence. So I don't know how hard it could have been. Yeah. Extremely unnatural collapsing. 
Yeah, and then Matt realizes that this run is maybe not what he's meant to do. Maybe he should be a rock star. And again, we've seen that already. I know. I'm looking at the production order. Do we remember what episode that was from? Um, Facts of Life. Ah, uh, yes. Facts of Life. Yes, and Facts of Life was production episode 126. So, so this should have happened before he became a rock before star. Before he became a rock star. It's See, just, it's like it's like maybe the writers were trying, you know, maybe they were trying to plant seeds <laughs> and like foreshadow, and then the network was just like, nope. <laughs> yeah, because that would have made so much like if he hadn't already been in a band, that would have made so much more. It wouldn't have been as confusing. Yeah, because like Phineas and Ferb, Matt McGuire had already been there, done that, was over it. See, that could have been like a clever like nod to the future it seemed like it was supposed to be yeah but now it just became another like well i don't know just disappointing i'm just i'm not mad i'm disappointed (laughs) that is it that is how matt's arc ends yeah that's that's just it and then we cut back to the school assembly which as we already mentioned is in like the av room this big school assembly I'm like, then you have a really small school if this is the big school assembly. Yeah. Lizzie is distracted. She's already in the room with Gordo, but she leaves to go find Miranda, who is, quote, hiding, but, you know, she's just standing in the hallway. Mr. Escobar makes an appearance and tells them to come on in. And Come Miranda, on in, guys. Yeah, like a real <laughs> Jeff Probst moment from Mr. Escobar. <laughs> Miranda says when she comes out, she'll have no friends. But my argument is she only has two friends to begin with, and they will continue to be her friends. So I don't really know what she's worried about. Yeah, me. You know, it's like she acts like she's actually has clout and that there is something to lose. Yeah. But like there isn't. <laughs> there really, there really is not. And Lizzie reassures her that they'll always be friends. Yeah, because that's true. Because they're the same person. And then we're inside the assembly. <laughs> the students from the other schools with the, these their final films are there. They're like at Lizzie's school. Okay, so this actually, now that I'm thinking about it, it makes no sense. No, this it is really a does. District wide film festival. Why were the final films being shown at Lizzie's school? I don't know. And if we thought that the school was small, just wait until we talk about the district because (laughs) (laughs) you don't get much added when you add in the district. Oh, yeah. It's like two kids (laughs) whose aesthetic is total like Tish wannabe. Are they just homeschooled? Is that why they're part of this district? (laughs) I have no idea, but Hillridge Junior High is very mean to them. Oh, yeah. Mr. Escobar mentions that they're the losing finalists from the other school and then the uh, all the other kids boo and start like pelting them with paper and this happens twice twice gordo's named his film the gordo files how do we feel about that by david gordon all right i don't like this for several reasons one if anything it should be the hillridge junior high files right (laughs) like what about this is like how is this anything to do with gordo like why are you centering yourself in this narrative (laughs) i know you don't even say any like it's not even your commentary this should not be the gordo files no it should not but let's talk about the gordo files okay so the big twist is that miranda had nothing to worry about all along gordo is a good friend and like a I guess he wants to think that he's a good person because he, you know, blurred everybody's faces and pitch changed all of their voices to keep the revelations in this video anonymous. The video is bad. Yeah, the video is not great. It's bad for many reasons, most of which we've already mentioned. Like, it's pretty obvious who is speaking, (laughs) even with the blurring of the faces. He bl- he, maybe he blurs Kate's face, but her hair is still showing. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, and also Claire is next to her and the school doesn't have a whole lot of diversity. So I feel like it doesn't take a genius to figure out who these two people are. Yeah, it's just bad. It's just, it, 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 it's just um, not good. And like everyone at the end gives it a standing ovation. And it does not, this is not a standing ovation worthy film. No. So another thing, 
obviously we hear sound effects, for example, like when the girl is picking out her wedgie, but are these sound effects that Gordo has actually put into the film or are they sound effects that are just a part of the the Lizzie McGuire, you know, vibe? Mm, yeah, you would think that they would be from the film, but that's a good question. But yes, everyone really liked the movie except for the, you know, kids from the other school who knew what was up. And Kate and Claire. And Kate and Claire. Who Gordo made sound like chipmunks. Yeah. Yeah, so they get out of the film competition. Ethan is the first person to congratulate Gordo, but he says that for $35 million, couldn't he have blown some stuff up, which I guess would be the school. I don't know what <laughs> Ethan's takeaway would be. It's kind of a, it, it goes down a dark path if you think about it too much. Yeah. Kate confronts Gordo and asks how he got that footage and whose voice it was. But, you know, a director never reveals his secrets. But also Windows Movie Maker. Yes. (laughs) And then Gordo says to Miranda, I'm your friend. You should know that I've got your back. To which I start blasting Gaslighter by the chicks. What a dirk. And then Gordo, you know, comes to pretty much the same conclusion that he comes to at the end of the Stan Jansen episode, where he says, you know, his days of hidden camera have gotten old school yes gordo basically says that hidden cameras are so yesterday that would have hit better if you didn't say it (laughs) the other day Uh, Um, and he's looking for the next big thing yeah gordo really wants to be a hipster he really does he should take some notes from the other the um the loser students who actually look like loser students the homeschooled kids i don't know if you caught said that they look like tish wannabes and i stand by that (laughs) look at them as someone who went to tish i feel like it was pretty varied they look more like gallatin wannabes to me Ooh, sick burn (laughs) that's it i guess i don't know i feel very um underwhelmed underwhelmed like i didn't feel good watching this episode i like did not really feel great talking about it yeah i mean like i said we're running on fumes here (laughs) close this out I invited my friend Jake to come onto the podcast next week to talk about the season one finale. I really hope that he is able to make it because he's also not a huge Lizzie McGuire person, but I think that he could add some fun commentary. And I don't think you've ever really spoken in depth with Jake, but he... I have not. (laughs) But he has a very dry sense of humor that I feel like would really just... Like, I feel like we are also losing energy with season one. So I feel like maybe he would help to bring up that energy. We need a little zhuzh. We do. So hopefully hopefully he's able to join us next week. Two Jews and a Sam <laughs> talking about bar mitzvahs. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's another reason why uh, I wanted to bring him on because I felt like he could talk about his bar mitzvah, like Gordo's bar mitzvah in the context of his bar mitzvah. So what, me talking about my bar mitzvah ha- adds no value? I, I get it. it the adds- whole po- I get it. The whole point of a bar mitzvah is about- it's to become a man, right? Like that's it. Yeah. Clearly, I did not have... Yeah, you didn't become a man. Clearly, I did not become a man. (laughs) I will have a lot of feelings next week because I do have a lot of vivid memories of that episode. So stay tuned. Um, But yeah, should we talk about outfits? Sure. Okay. uh, Let's keep it it nice and quick. We have some repeating to call out. We do. I mean, this purple outfit from Lizzie, I think we've seen before. Number one. Some purple camo. Some purple ca- I can never tell if we've seen Gordo's outfit before because he always just looks the same. Yeah, it's kind of like a Tudgeman effect. It's varied enough where he doesn't have the stigma attached to his look that Tudgeman has, but he more or less wears the same thing every episode. Yeah, but the outfit that I knew for sure that I had seen before was Miranda when she comes in all in a huff about leaving her backpack on the bus, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I, I, I saw her and I was like, I know I've seen this shirt before. Yeah, it was the bra episode. Yeah, it's like a kind of psychedelic brown and orange shirt. Yeah, very, um, very 70s and like an orange vest. We Oh, also we skipped over the Larry Tudgman screensaver thing. We totally like just cruised right on past that. Well, Larry moved on from Lizzie real quick. Yes, but this episode was before that. Wait, what episode was that? Scarlet Larry was production episode 127. Oh, interesting. And he does ask if Miranda is single at the end of that episode. 
Oh, so what a conspiracy. Was, so was this like a long con on the part of Larry? Like, was it really all about Miranda? Did Larry date Lizzie to get closer to Miranda? Yes. Does Miranda have two guys fighting over her? And it's essentially two guys who are exactly <laughs> the same. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> this is all starting to make a whole lot of sense. That just blew my mind. I talked about this suit before, but I don't think we really talked. I don't think we gave it the respect that it deserves. It's a pretty ugly suit. <laughs> also, the stripes don't match up on along the seam, and that really stresses me out. <laughs> That's like my mother taught me that the quality of an item of clothing is dependent on if the pattern matches at the seam. So this was some cheaply made power suit. Well, you know, they're not looking to break budget it's on like a suit not that was used close. in like two seconds. <laughs> it's like not even close. Yeah, no. Oh my God. You need to change it. I'm stressing. Oh, I don't like it. Is it making you like dizzy to look a at? A little bit. I don't like it. So Kate and Claire talk about Lizzie being an outfit repeater, but their suburban mom look, I'm pretty sure we've seen before. Oh, yeah. Like this pink turtleneck. Kate calling out. But this, yeah, this pink turtleneck. I'm 95% confident that we've seen this before. Yeah, I agree. Is there anything else? No, nah, nothing that really stood out. I'm sorry, guys. This episode is a slog. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. MVP, you go first. Oh, boy. MVP this episode is Sam McGuire. You know, it can't go to any of the three main children, the three main children being Lizzie, Gordon, and Miranda, because they were all terrible in their own unique way. I felt like we didn't give Sam the MVP when he took the huge ride down the hill in the soapbox racer. So I was glad that he got a chance to really (laughs) redeem himself here by doing pretty much the exact same thing. It turns out that taking a a lap around the Mile of Death Ultimate Torture track was just what Matt needed to really just get him off the idea of being a stuntman slash daredevil. But it was also Sam throughout the entire episode who was really kind of being the person to guide Matt into not majorly injuring himself. So... You know what? Sam was a good dad in this episode. And you know what? If you're not going to go to work, you might as well spend your days not letting your son kill himself. So, <laughs> yeah. You know, I think that Sam McGuire definitely is overdue for an MVP. So, this is kind of like a cumulative MVP for all of the good moments that he's had over the past couple episodes that just like weren't enough on their own. But I think that if there was ever an opportunity to give Sam an MVP, this is probably it. Yeah, and I think in a similar vein, I think that I am going to give my MVP to Joe McGuire. You're going to give yours to Joe McGuire? I think it was a true um, joint parenting effort. Okay. And I think that Joe is really the one who initially is trying to keep her child safe first and foremost. We have seen some questionable behavior from her in the past, but she really she really does it right here. She, you know, will not let her husband run her child over. I know it's a low bar, but it's like a super low bar. <laughs> but she clears it. And, you know, it's really her insistence that Sam get to the backyard immediately to deal with this that sets off that chain of events thereby protecting Matt from potential injury. So I think it was a real like tag team joint effort. I will say that of all of the stunts, the mile of death ultimate torture track feels like the option that would have hurt the least. Yeah. It's also entirely, no, that's not physically possible. I was going to say that it's possible that Matt wouldn't have gone as far as Sam would have, but that's not how gravity works. They would have done the exact, they would have gone on the exact same trajectory. Yeah, he miscalculated where that pool should be. Yeah, he needs to talk to our physics teacher. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, some, some good parenting, some terrible choices by the children, but some good parenting, silver lining in this oh so questionable episode. Indeed. And yeah, there you have it, right? Nothing else to say. Nope. That's I'm a wrap. Done. I'm ready to move on. I said we. I had a 90-minute cap on recording. We are at 91 minutes, so I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> Similar to a Lizzie McGuire writer, you reach your cap and you're done. It's, it's just, it doesn't matter if it's wrapped up or not, although yeah. we did wrap it up. We did. 
yeah, so that was episode. Do you like how, wait, do you like how it's called Gordo's video and not like Gordo's film? Like even the writers don't respect what he did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so there you have it. Episode 130, Gordo's video. As always, you can follow us on Twitter at Outfit Repeat Pod. I myself am on a Twitter hiatus. A Twitter hiatus. <laughs> wow, I went real Moira there with my enunciation. I know you're, tw- so you, you actually had me like set you a new password to actually enforce this Twitter hiatus. So I could log you back in if you wanted to tweet something about it. Or you could just control the messaging. I really need to, I have a problem <laughs> and I'm on deadline. Okay. Um, but yes, we are outfit. We are at outfit repeat pod on Twitter. You can email us at outfit repeaters podcast at gmail.com. This episode, uh, in addition to all of the other episodes that we've recorded to this point, are on our website, www.paginatedmedia.com slash outfitrepeaters. That's also where we're going to upload photos of the outfits that we talked about today. And be sure to tune in next week for the season one finale, episode 131, Gordo's Bar Mitzvah. Uh, It's been such a long ride. Gordo is Jewish? He is. Did we know this? (laughs) His middle name is Zephyr. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>